This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of burners and stingers from the knee and sports section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Burners and stingers, also known as dead arm syndrome, refer to a transient brachial plexus neuropraxia that most commonly occur due to a direct traumatic or tractional injury in contact sports. Diagnosis is made clinically with a neurological examination most commonly consistent of unilateral tingling in the arm with transient weakness in the C5-C6 muscles, which innervate the deltoid and biceps. Treatment is typically observation and return to play if symptoms completely resolve. Players are not allowed to return to play in the setting of persistent or bilateral symptoms. Now, let's get into the episode. With respect to the epidemiology, burners and stingers are common in collision sports such as football. Having one stinger increases the risk of another by three times. With respect to the pathoanatomy, neuropraxias are caused by different mechanisms, including traction injury, compression injury, or a direct blow. A traction injury occurs by downward displacement of the arm and bending of the neck away from the side of the injury. A compression injury occurs by the lateral head turning toward the affected side. And finally, a direct blow can cause injury with the blow at herb's point superior to the clavicle. As far as relevant anatomy, make sure to review the motor and sensory innervations of the brachial plexus. For a full review of the brachial plexus, listen to the podcast episode about the brachial plexus or review this topic on orthobullets.com. With respect to the presentation of burners and stingers, symptoms usually manifest as unilateral tingling in the arm that is not typically isolated to a single dermatome. These usually resolve quickly in one to two minutes. With respect to the physical exam, patients should have full cervical range of motion, they should have no tenderness, and may have unilateral transient weakness in the C5 and C6 muscles, that is the deltoid and biceps respectively. Patients may also have a positive spurling test. With respect to imaging, radiographs are usually unremarkable. C-spine images are indicated with recurring symptoms to rule out fracture and cervical stenosis. An MRI is indicated whenever symptoms are bilateral, Keep in mind that this is inconsistent with a stinger. When symptoms are bilateral, an MRI should be done to rule out cervical spine pathology such as a herniated disc or cervical stenosis. An EMG is indicated if symptoms persist after three weeks. This study will typically show abnormalities in roots, cords, trunks, and peripheral nerves. Treatment of burners and stingers is typically non-operative. With respect to return to play, a player may return to play when there is complete resolution of symptoms and when there is normal strength and range of motion. Contraindications to return to play include recurring symptoms until cervical spine x-rays are obtained. With respect to prevention, try different neck collars for football players. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads... A 16-year-old male football player is tackled into the ground during a game. He comes to the sideline with unilateral upper extremity pain, burning dysesthesias, and muscle weakness. Several minutes later, his symptoms resolve. In this scenario, what muscles are most likely to be affected? And the choices are 1. Deltoid and biceps, 2. Triceps, 3. Wrist flexors, 4. Finger flexors, and 5. Interossei. The correct answer to this question is one, deltoid and biceps. So the patient in the question stem presents with a burner or a stinger, which is a transient unilateral neuropraxia that most commonly involves the biceps, 
deltoid, and rotator cuff muscles. To quickly review, the hypothesis for the mechanism of neuropraxia in stingers includes nerve root compression in the neural foramen as a result of extension and compression, traction on the brachial plexus, or a direct blow to the plexus. C5-C6 is the most commonly involved level, indicating nerve root injury or upper trunk brachial plexus injury. Unilateral and transient symptoms are required for diagnosis. Bilateral stinger symptoms of numbness, tingling, and weakness are consistent with cervical spinal cord neuropraxia. Return to play in contact sports is contraindicated with bilateral symptoms prior to MRI evaluation of the cervical spine. Shannon et al. review burner syndrome in athletes. They emphasize that criteria for return to play are based on a complete and thorough neurologic and physical exam. Normal strength and sensation in both upper extremities as well as a normal cervical spine exam, including range of motion, compression, spurlings, adsense, and resistive head pressures are required for return to play. Any positive findings mandate withdrawal of the player from competition. Moving on to the next question. What is the most commonly involved level for brachial plexus stretch injuries or stingers in younger athletes involved in collision sports? And the choices are 1, C3, C4, 2, C4, C5, 3, C5, C6, 4, C6, C7, and 5, C7, T1. The correct answer to this question is 3, C5, C6. So the most commonly involved level for brachial plexus traction injuries in young athletes is C5, C6, ostensibly due to the greater mobility in the mid-cervical spine. Stingers in older athletes may be due to foraminal stenosis in combination with extension and nerve root compression. Moving on to the next question, an 18-year-old collegiate football player injures his right shoulder during a tackle. He reports pain and numbness in the shoulder and numbness radiating to his fingers. His symptoms improve within 15 minutes and he has no residual symptoms. This condition is best known as, and the choices are 1, acute and transient spinal cord injury, 2, central cord syndrome, 3, nerve root avulsion, 4, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and 5, stinger or burner. The correct answer to this question is 5, stinger or burner. The condition described in this case is known as a stinger or a burner. It is caused by stretching the upper trunk of the brachial plexus in the C5 and C6 nerve roots. The symptoms are temporary and last 15 to 20 minutes. There are no residual deficits unless the patient has had multiple repetitive injuries. Once motor and sensory examination findings and reflexes have normalized, the athlete can return to play. Acute spinal cord injury may cause temporary complete paralysis in the upper and lower extremities with resolution of symptoms within 24 hours. Central cord syndrome affects the upper more than the lower extremities and affects mostly elderly patients. Nerve root avulsions lead to permanent deficits and have a poor prognosis for return of function. Guillain-Barre syndrome is an autoimmune disease that presents as an ascending paralysis with weakness in the legs that spreads to the upper limbs and the face along with complete loss of deep tendon reflexes. Moving on to the next question. An 18-year-old football player comes off the field after sustaining a stinger to his right shoulder. Which of the following conditions must be met before he should be allowed to return to play? And the choices are 1. Determine if the pain has resolved and fit the player with a protective brace. 
two MRI of the right shoulder and neck showing no nerve root avulsions. Three, no pain, normal sensation, demonstration of full range of motion, and five out of five strength of the right upper extremity musculature. Four, normal sensation in the right hand over the thumb, long finger, and small finger, no residual pain, and the ability to raise the right hand above his head. And five, normal findings on an EMG of the right shoulder and arm. The correct answer to this question is three, no pain, normal sensation, demonstration of full range of motion, and five out of five strength of the right upper extremity musculature. So stingers, aka burners, are thought to result from traction injuries to the brachial plexus in younger athletes and from nerve root compression in the neural foramina in older athletes. Symptoms can vary, but often involve numbness or tingling, weakness or complete inability to move the extremity, and less commonly burning pain. Stingers are usually mild and transient, and their prevalence is probably underestimated as athletes will often fail to mention them to coaches or medical staff. If they recur in a given athlete, the symptoms can become much more severe. If the symptoms do not resolve in three weeks, an EMG or imaging studies need to be obtained. Cassow and Curl, in their instructional course lecture, recommend return to play only after the athlete is completely asymptomatic, having regained full sensation, strength, and range of motion. Moving on to the next question. In college-level football players with symptoms of arm numbness and tingling following contact, which of the following is an indication for a cervical MRI prior to return to play? And the choices are 1. Unilateral symptoms do not resolve within 15 minutes. 2. Symptoms follow a short period of loss of consciousness. 3. Player has had unilateral symptoms on two prior occasions. 4. Transient unilateral weakness in the deltoid and biceps is present. And 5. Symptoms and physical exam findings are found in both upper extremities. The correct answer to this question is 5. Symptoms and physical exam findings are found in both upper extremities. In a football player with numbness and tingling in the arms, it is critical to differentiate between a transient brachial plexopathy, otherwise known as a burner, and cervical neuropraxia. In the latter, symptoms are bilateral and an MRI is indicated prior to return to play. Transient brachial plexopathy or burners are common in football players and are caused by traction or a compression injury of the brachial plexus. Return to play is allowed once the symptoms have subsided and the player exhibits normal strength and motion of the neck and upper extremities. Cervical neuropraxia is characterized by bilateral symptoms of numbness, tingling, and weakness. Return to play in contact sports is contraindicated with bilateral symptoms prior to MRI evaluation of the cervical spine. RIN et al. review cervical injuries in American football. They report the relatively common stinger is a neuropraxia of a cervical nerve root or roots or the brachial plexus and represents a reversible peripheral nerve injury. Less common and more serious an injury, cervical cord neuropraxia is the clinical manifestation of neuropraxia of the cervical spinal cord due to hyperextension, hyperflexion, or axial loading. Characterized by temporary pain, paresthesias, and or motor weakness in more than one extremity, there is a rapid and complete resolution of symptoms and a normal physical examination within 10 minutes to 48 hours after the initial injury. Thomas et al. provide a review article of cervical injuries in football players. They report cervical spine injuries have been estimated to occur in 10% to 15% of football players, most commonly in linemen, defensive ends, and linebackers. 
avoiding techniques that employ head-down spear tackling and wearing properly fitted equipment markedly reduce the risk of serious injury. And moving on to the final question, a football player is diagnosed as having a stinger by the athletic trainer. Which of the following acute transient findings would be consistent with that diagnosis? And the choices are one, bilateral upper extremity sensory symptoms, two, bilateral upper extremity weakness, three, unilateral upper and lower extremity sensory and motor symptoms, four, unilateral upper and lower extremity weakness only, and five, unilateral upper extremity pain and weakness. The correct answer to this question is five, unilateral upper extremity pain and weakness. So patients with stingers or burners have unilateral symptoms exclusive to the upper extremity. Any evidence of bilateral upper extremity or lower extremity symptoms should be evaluated for spinal cord injury. A burner is often associated with contact sports. This injury is thought to be a transient neuropraxia caused by injury to the brachial plexus or a cervical root as a result of traction, compression, or a direct blow. The patient typically reports a sharp burning on the involved side that may radiate into the shoulder and down the arm to the hand. Weakness and paresthesia in the involved extremity lasting several seconds to several minutes may accompany the injury. Along with these short-lived symptoms, there should be full, pain-free range of neck motion. Athletes can return to play after resolution of symptoms and restoration of normal strength and most importantly, a full, pain-free range of motion of the neck is maintained. Formal workup is required if neurologic findings are present, symptoms persist, or if there is a history of previous brachial plexus injury. There is a documented increased risk with cervical canal and foraminal stenosis, and these should be worked up in athletes with recurrent burners. Workup includes EMG, radiographs, and MRI. EMG should be delayed three to four weeks from the time of injury. That's all for this review about burners and stingers. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.